Hello and welcome to the Strikeout Central podcast. I am your host, Michael, and July is coming to an end with the All-Star Game and MLB Draft behind us and the trade deadline in sight. As the MLB Draft has passed, this episode will be a recap of what has happened in the draft. In addition to the podcast, please follow the blog at www.strikeoutcentral.blogspot.com for daily baseball posts. Now, let's take a look at the standings across baseball before games were played on July 20th. The Boston Red Sox are still ahead in the AL East, with the Rays sitting a game and a half back in second place. The Blue Jays and Yankees are close together, with Toronto in third and New York in fourth, with Baltimore in last place once again. The White Sox have a convincing eight-and-a-half game lead in the AL Central, with Cleveland far behind in second place. Detroit, of all teams, sits in third place, with the Twins in fourth and Kansas City in fifth. The AL West sees the Astros with a three-and-a-half game lead over the second-place Oakland Athletics, with the Seattle Mariners sitting in the middle in third place, the Angels without Mike Trouter in fourth, and the Texas Rangers in last. Moving to the NL, the NL East is still held by the Mets, who are two-and-a-half games ahead of the second-place Philadelphia Phillies. The Braves are holding on to third place despite losing Ronald Acuna Jr. for the season, with the Washington Nationals in fourth and the Miami Marlins in last. There is a new leader in the NL Central, with the Brewers sitting ahead by a comfortable margin, with a seven-and-a-half game lead on second-place Cincinnati. The Cardinals have jumped into third with the Cubs in a, in a big slump that has them all the way down to fourth, and the Pirates are still hanging around in last. The Giants still hold a lead on the NOS. This time it's two games with the Dodgers close behind in second. The Padres are solidly entrenched in third place with Colorado in fourth and the Diamondbacks in last. Okay, so now I'd like to welcome today's guest back to the podcast, Jim Callis of MLB Pipeline. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing just fine. Uh, so this is going to be a MLB draft recap episode of the podcast, and uh, we'll get right started with the first pick in the draft held by the Pittsburgh Pirates. It had seemed coming into the draft that they were destined to either take a prep school shortstop or a pitcher. And they took Louisville catcher Henry Davis instead. What kind of went into that decision and how they went away from the shortstop and the pitcher? Well, I don't, I don't think, Michael, they were ever on the pitchers, to be honest with you. Like, like the Vanderbilt pitchers, you know, Jack Leiter and Kumar Rock were the most famous guys in the draft. But we'd heard all on that Pittsburgh was going to take a position player. So it was just a matter, you know, they, they were looking at talent, obviously, but they were also looking – and what the various guys were going to cost because they wanted to be able to use their bonus pool to go do some damage on day two. And they did, you know, they came out and got Henry Solomito and Lonnie White and Bubba Chandler were the first three picks on day two. Um, but so it was just a question, were they going to pay a little bit more money perhaps to get one of the high school shortstops, which would have been Marcella Meyer or Jordan Lawler, or, or would they go with Davis, who is kind of the consensus best position, best college position player in this year's draft is not a real strong position player crop. And, and they went with Davis, you know, he signed for six and a half million dollars, which was a couple million, roughly 2 million under slot. And, um, and then used that savings to go ahead and, and, and go nuts on day two. All right. So after Jack Leiter, who you just mentioned, went second to the Rangers, the Tigers, uh, also went pitcher at third overall, although instead of taking Leiter's Vanderbilt teammate, Kumar Rocker, they went for Jackson Job. Uh, as a result, Rocker kind of fell all the way to the Mets at 10. Uh, 
Uh, so can you just do a quick comparison of Rocker versus Job and why the Tigers might have gone for Jackson Job instead? Yeah, you know, if you're just grading out guys on on their pure stuff and their command, I think Job had the highest grades of anybody in the draft, even better than Jack Leiter. Now, the difference between him and the Vanderbilt guys is there's risk with high school pitchers. They tend to get hurt more often. You know, Leiter and, and, and Rocker have pitched further in their careers without getting hurt, and they both pitched very, very well in the top conference in college baseball. Well, Job hasn't been tested like that. So I, I could see why you could argue for Leiter or Rocker over Job, but if you were just going on pure stuff and, and, and command it, it would be job um you know and rocker you know rocker you know was as famous as anybody in this draft along with, with jack Leiter, but it was never the two vanderbilt pitchers and everybody else and i think fans in general had this notion we, we kept hearing telling we do a mock draft they wouldn't have one of those guys going to pirates fans would be like how, how could the pirates not be taking a vanderbilt pitcher and and, and rocker it was part of the top tier draft talent, but that tier was about eight players and he was never, it was never Kumar rocker. And then everybody else, he was just part of that tier. And I think he got nitpicked a little bit. I mean, he's been, been, you know, the number one guy, you know, potential number one overall pick for a while. He, he was a potential first round pick in high school. He was top rate high school prospect at one point. He was great when Vanderbilt won the national title his freshman year. And you know what? I mean, his velocity fluctuated a little bit. This year, his he gets a lot of strikeouts on a slider, but there's some question, you know, are, are guys going to chase that slider as much at the big league level as they do in college? And I think there's a little scouting fatigue with him, which may not be fair to him. And then, you know, so I, I didn't, I don't think any of the teams on top five were really going to take Kumar Rocker as the draft approached. And then if you look, the teams that pick seven, eight, nine, the Royals, Rockies, and Angels, all I think are going to, when you see what the numbers are, when those guys sign, Mazzucato for the Royals has, all those teams cut deals to sign guys for below slot, and, and Rocker was going to be a below slot guy. So that, that, that's kind of how he lasted until, until the Mets at 10. All right, so right after the third pick of the Tigers, the Red Sox had the fourth pick after a not-so-great 2020, and it was kind of all – it was – Seemed kind of like a mystery. Are they going to go pitcher? Are they going to go position player? They ended up going position player. They went with uh, shortstop Marcelo Meyer. Uh, and I myself was a little confused at the start because the Red Sox have a top-level shortstop at the big leagues in Xander Bogarts, a top prospect shortstop who's on the cusp of being in the big leagues in Jeter Downs. But now it seems like I, I've grown into it a little more because it seems like this was basically just – that's the best guy available for the Red Sox. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't draft for need, especially at the top of the draft. And this was the highest the Red Sox have picked since 1967. I mean, they they, they haven't picked this high. And so, I mean, by the time Meyer's ready, I mean, that's going to be, you know, I think he's going to get there pretty quick, but that's a couple years down the line. So who knows, you know, what, what Bogarts will be doing at that point. I mean, Meyer's a better defender than Bogarts. So, you know, maybe Meyer plays short and Bogarts shifts to third and Devers goes to first or who knows what I mean, I know they have Tristan Costas. I, I think Jeter Downs is probably more of a second baseman at the big league level. So, so you just don't worry about, you know, perceived needs. And I, I think they got the best player in the draft at, at number four, like kind of fell in their lap. I mean, I wasn't really sure what they were going to do either. I, I, I knew they liked Jack Leiter. I think Jack Leiter was their top guy. I didn't know what was going to happen beyond that, but you know, when they look up, they're picking fourth, the best guy in the draft gets to them. You know, we had Marcelo Myers, the best hitter in the draft. We had him as the best defender in the draft. I think he's going to have 20, 25 home run power. I mean, he's Marcelo Meyer could wind up being like a Xander Bogarts, 
you know, potential gold glove defense at short. <laughs> so uh, he's a really, really talented player. I mean, he has a ways to go to get there, but he's, he's super talented. So I, I think it was just a, a case of being in the right place at the right time. And you look up and, and the best player in the drafts there for the taking at, at number four. All right. And uh, now we'll move on to the fifth pick. I'm not going to go pick by pick, I promise. But uh, the fifth pick was held by the Orioles last year. They had the second pick and they, kind of deviated from what everybody thought they were going to do. They picked Heston Kierstad second overall last year. This year, they took another outfielder high overall this year. They took Colton Kowser. Uh The Orioles also, I feel like, could have gone pitcher here, but just can you just kind of read into the Colton Kowser pick? Yeah, well, there were a couple things to play. One, you know, I think the only I, – I, I think the only pitcher they would have taken there was lighter. They weren't, they weren't going to take rocker. So, you know, once lighter was gone they they, they weren't going pitcher there. Um, I think there's a chance they might've taken Henry Davis who went number one to Pittsburgh, if he'd gotten there and with lighter and Davis gone, you know, it was unclear whether the Orioles were going to go for one of the high school shortstops. You know, there were four elite high school shortstops in this draft and three of them were available in, in Jordan Lawler and Brady house and Cleo Watson, or if they might, do what they did last year and, and do a below slot deal with, with a good college player. You know, Colton Kowser wasn't, I mean, he's a good player. You know, he can really hit. He's one of the better hitters in the draft class. He showed better power, better speed. He can play up the middle and center field. So Kowser's a good player. But it wasn't clear if they were going to maybe cut a deal with a guy like Kowser or Sal Frelick or Matt McClain, one of the college bats behind Davis. And they went the Kowser route. Now, I do think they got burned a little bit because I think the guy they wanted in the second round with their with their savings was Judd Fabian, outfielder from Florida, who had kind of an up and down year and was a potential top 10 pick. And But the, what happened to the Orioles is the Red Sox took him right ahead of, of their pick in the second round. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they spend the money they saved on Kowser, uh, considering the Fabian did not get to them. All right. Um, that's, I mean, that's definitely interesting right there. Um, keeping on the outfielder trend, the Rockies last year, they also took an outfielder first round, Zach Veen. Uh, they took outfielder Benny Montgomery in the first round this year. Um, and sort of what gives with the Rockies taking outfielders instead of pitchers, because the Rockies need all the pitching they help they can get with Coors Field. Well, I mean, again, you, you don't draft for need in the first round. If you draft for need, you make mistakes. And if you, you got to th- take who you think the best player is, um, you know, th- there's all, you know, some people school thought, I don't agree with it. You shouldn't take pitchers in the first round. You're better off going for bats. I, I think you got to look and see who's on the board. Um, you know, I, I didn't think they were going to take Kumar Rocker at eight. Um, I thought they might have some interest in Sam Bachman, who went nine, or Ty Mann, who slid a little bit to 32, or slid a lot to 32. Um, but I think they just like Benny Montgomery might have the best all-around tools in, in the high school, you know, draft, in the high school part of the draft. You know, if you factor in the hitting ability, I mean, he's a really good athlete with a lot of tools. He's got better hitting ability than some of the other tooled-up high school guys. And so I, I think they just went for the biggest upside guy. I mean, you, you never have too much talent at a position. And again, I mean – they took Zach Veen, they took Benny Montgomery. Those are high school guys who are going to be two, three years away at least. So you don't really worry about the makeup of the big league club. And I mean, if you, you know, I mean, if you wound up with an overabundance of outfielders somehow, but these guys were as good as you thought they were going to be, you, you could trade them for something pretty good too. So I, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to you, you draft based on need in the first round. I, I think when you do that, you can wind up making mistakes. 
Yep, yep, definitely. Yeah, I can I can see a little bit of risk there. Um, and you talk about you talk about abundance and abundance of one position in the first round. There was an abundance of shortstops. There were a lot of shortstops taken in the first round. So can we just talk for a second here about how absolutely loaded this shortstop class is? Yeah, no, it, it definitely was. I mean, they, they kind of fell because you had teams taking discounts in the top 10 a little bit. But, you know, for the top eight players in the draft, you know, in our opinion at, at MLB Pipeline, which, and again, when we do our list, we're trying to reflect industry consensus. It's not just me and John Fameo saying, oh, we like these guys. This is based on us talking to a lot of people. But we, we thought four of the top eight players in the draft were high school shortstops. There's Marcella Meyer, we thought was the number one player. Talked about him. We thought Jordan Lawler out of, out of Texas was the number three player in the draft. He went six to Diamondbacks. We thought Cleo Watson from North Carolina was number four pick in the four prospect in the draft. He went 16th to the Marlins, which is crazy. Um, we thought Brady House from Georgia was the number eight prospect in the draft. He's probably the best power hitter overall in the draft. He went 11th to the Nationals. So there were some good values there. Um, you had Matt McLean from UCLA was one of the better college hitters available. Colson Montgomery with the White Sox. He probably moves to third base, but, but, you know, at the end of the first round in the twenties, you had four more high school shortstops taken in Colson Montgomery, Max Muncy from California, Jackson Merrill from Maryland, Carson Williams from California. And you also had Trey Sweeney from Eastern Illinois. So I think that's 10 shortstops in, in the first round. You know, some of those guys will move, but, but that definitely was the strength of, of the top of the draft this year. All right. Uh, so my, we're going to change a little bit of direction here. My favorite pick is it's kind of funny. My favorite pick was a uh, Minnesota twins movie star, Mike McGreevy, who went 18 to the Cardinals. Uh, who, who was your sort of favorite pick of the draft? Um, I mean, there's the, you know, I, I mean, I think the, the, my favorite pick, and we actually did this on our podcast today in the first round, I think it was Marcella Meyer. Cause I think you, you get the, you, you get the, the best player in the draft in, in the fourth, in the first round. I mean, you know, I, we, we write, we write about some of these guys. You like, like, I like the Rangers third round or Cameron Colley's a guy who, who plays with a lot of swagger. He can hit and he can run. He can play shortstop. And, and so I really like Cameron Colley. I, I think there's a guy also in the third round, um, who I thought had a great, great backstory. And, and that was a kid named uh, Mason Miller out of Gardner Webb. I mean, he was a third round pick of the A's. And, and he was interesting. So he was at this division three school in Pennsylvania, Waynesburg, and, and didn't really do much his first two years. And he had diagnosed with diabetes. And once he got that under control, he gained weight, started throwing harder, completed his degree last year. He transfers to Gardner Webb, which is a D1 school. Uh, this year, he, he was playing baseball, working on his MBA, and he was one of the hardest throwing starters in college baseball. He averaged 95 miles an hour, topped out at 99, commanded it well. He's got two pretty good secondary pitches and a slider and changeup. Um, you know, six foot five. You know, threw well at the combine, so I really like him. You know, he's an older guy. He'll be 24 next month. But but I thought that was a good story. There, there, there's a lot of a lot of guys I like. I I wrote up a lot right. of these guys. So like so I I wound up like like really getting interested in a lot of these backstories. You know, as we were covering these guys all spring. Yeah, some of those I I saw some of those too. Some of those are really cool. Um, and now kind of staying a little bit in the same direction. Who do you think slid the farthest in the first round, or slid farther than you thought they would? And who do you think? maybe got drafted a little bit higher than you thought or higher than they probably should have. Um, 
Well, I think in terms of guys who slid, I mean, I didn't think Khalil Watson, who, I, who we thought was the fourth best prospect in the draft, would go 16th. Um, you know, I, I think there were teams looking to cut deals and he wasn't going to cut a deal, you know, because he's one of the more talented guys in the draft. I, I was surprised to Ty Madden, who we thought had a chance to go in the top 10, you know, went 32nd overall to the Tigers. Um, you know, that, that there's teams, I guess, that weren't on, didn't like his fastball metrics. And that's the reason he slid some. Um, I, I think that was a really good pick for the Tigers. Um, you know, the, the guys who got pushed up, I mean, they, they were to cut deals. I mean, Frank Mazzucato, we didn't see going seventh overall the Royals, but there were some teams who thought he was the best lefty in the draft. The Royals weren't going to get him with their second pick, and they used the money they saved on Mazzucato to spend $3 million on another high school pitcher named Ben Caderna. So, so I got that one. Um, you know, Trey Sweeney with the Yankees had a lot of late helium. You know, we didn't have, we had him ranked 55th on our list and he went 20th, but he had interest from a number of teams in the first round. He had some late helium. Um, you know, I think the lowest ranked guy who won the first round was a kid named Jackson Merrill out of Maryland. We had ranked 79th. The Potters took him, but that said, he had helium too. And I think if we'd redone our rankings like the day before the draft, he would have gone a lot higher and they used the deal they cut with him to take one of the more high ceiling guys in the draft, uh, James Wood, a high school outfielder in the second round and gave him a bunch of money. So the guys who push got pushed up the most, it, it was for a reason. And you, you could see what was going on. All right. Uh, so now we'll kind of start to wrap it up a little bit here. Uh, in your opinion, a few of the, what are a few of the teams in your opinion, who as a whole, all 10 rounds of the draft that had the best drafts. Yeah, I mean, you know, I wound up um, breaking this down a little bit um, a couple days after the draft was over. Um, I'm just trying to find it. I thought the Pirates, who I mentioned, had the best draft. Um, I'm trying to find my story here. Here we go. <laughs> had the best draft. You know, they got Henry Davis, who wasn't a big talent discount, but they got a discount at the top of the draft money-wise. They wound up with the best college position player in him, the best high school lefty in, in, in Solomito, the best two-way prospect in Bubba Chandler, one of the better athletes in, in Lonnie White Jr. with all their maneuvering. And they, they also got some other good players, too. Yeah, they, they got a projectable high school pitcher from Vermont named Owen Kellington and a, uh, one of the better um, fifth-year seniors who, who comes with a discount, Dallas Baptist second baseman Jackson Glenn. So I really liked what they did. I liked what the Tigers did. You know, we, we talked about Job. We talked about Ty Madden falling. They also got a, a good power bat in the second round, Isaac Pacheco, and got some more good college arms uh, to go with Madden and, and Alabama's Dylan Smith, Notre Dame's Tanner Colehep, Georgia Tech's Brent Herter, uh, U, uh, South Carolina Upstate's Jordan Marks. So I, I liked what they did. And, and then I'll give you two more. The Reds had, were the only team with three picks on the first day. They got Matt McClain. UCLA shortstop was one of the better college bats. They got one of the better athletes in the high school crop in Jay Allen. And they got Florida State catcher Matthew Nelson, who, who tied for the Division I lead in homers. Um, and they got some good depth behind those guys, you know, including Virginia lefty Andrew Abbott, who's one of the better college lefties. North Carolina shortstop Jose Torres, who might be the best college defensive shortstop. And then the Marlins, the Marlins jumped out at me just for the value they got on day one. They, they got Khalil Watson, who we, we thought was the number four prospect at number 16. And they got Joe Mack, uh, you know, high school catcher. We had him ranked number 19. They got him at number 31. So I thought they did, they did really well on, on both of those. Um, I thought I, like both of those were, were, were two of the better steals on day one, on day one. All right. We'll wrap it up uh, with one more question provided one of them stays in the major leagues long enough. How excited should we get to see Max Muncy versus Max Muncy 
Yeah, no, we, we should be. We, I, you know, I, I think we may see that. I think the Max Muncy, the A's drafted, is going to move pretty quick. I mean, for pretty quick for a high school guy, I mean, it's two or three years. But we, we could see that, like, maybe 2024, 2025. Um, like, Max Muncy's one of the, the, the new Max. I keep Captain to specify. <laughs> the new Max Muncy's one of the better hitters in the draft. And the crazy thing is um, they have the same birthday, not the same year, obviously, but they're, they're both born on the same day. So, so how about, I mean, that's, that's kind of insane. I know. And I'm almost kind of grateful for the fact that this Max Muncy, who was drafted in the first round was not drafted by the Dodgers because I would never be able to differentiate that. There's just no, well, the other Max Muncy was drafted by the A's too. So yeah, yes, it's like like it's like last year it was bad when the Indians drafted Florida International left-hander Logan Allen, and they already had a left-hander named Logan Allen in the system. Thankfully, they graduated, but at one point, both Logan Allens were on the same top thirty prospects list for us. Oh, that's uh, yeah, I could that that's easy for confusion there. Definitely. All right. All right, so that is going to do it for our episode this time. Jim Callis of MLB Pipeline. Thank you so much for coming on and talking the MLB draft. Oh, no problem at all. Glad, glad to talk with you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this special episode of the Strikeout Central podcast with Jim Callis of MLB Pipeline. Be sure to follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Callis MLB. For all your MLB pipeline, prospects, and draft updates. If you would like to read about baseball news by the day as it happens, then check out the Strikeout Central website at www.strikeoutcentral.blogspot.com for daily posts. Stay tuned for the next episode coming soon. I am your host, Michael. Have a good day, and happy baseball watching.